Welcome to the club, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Eldar Basic, and you are listening to Eldar Talks Games, a rambling hootenanny of a show where I talk about random things I want to talk about in the world of video games. And today, I'm talking about my top five indie games ever, ever, ever since I literally started playing video games. You'll agree, we'll laugh, we'll cry. Either way, let's get on with the show. Thanks for listening. A couple quick updates for me after the music, though. Just stick around. We'll get to the top five of my indie games and bing, bang, ba-bamble. Go ahead and uh, stay tuned. See you in a bit. That is such a banger of a track, dude. I love that. Uh, Hidden Potential by Twerp. T-W-R-P. Man, I just keep going back to that. That whole album is awesome. They have... uh, They do some pretty cool stuff. Uh, Some weird, like, Dreamcast-y type vibes on there. Especially with, like, Track 3 and stuff like that. It's really cool. Like, I... uh, I've been listening to a lot of, like, weirder... You know, weirder type of music. And, um... I don't know. Um... I feel like, you know, I've, I've listened to so much different, you know, so many different genres of music throughout my life that I think it was definitely time to, you know, start listening to, like, synthwave and, like, video game soundtracks and stuff like that. And it's been kind of fun and very enjoyable. So, you know, pardon me for, for the for the dust. Uh, for whatever reason, you know, sometimes I've been a little shaky on the mic lately. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to get back in the hook of things. It's kind of tough doing a podcast kind of solo. Um, you find... It takes a lot more motivation to get behind the mic and you're, you know, you're by yourself and, you know, stuff like that. And some people have this sort of like magnetic way of being able to like entertain themselves like Chris D'Elia, you know, his, he's a comedian out of Los Angeles. Uh, obviously he tours a lot, but you know, he does this podcast called Congratulations and it's just him behind the mic. He's only had one guest, which is his brother on episode 100, but literally for like 99 episodes and some change, like he just sits there and he talks himself and entertains himself. But you know, for like an educational type of like video game podcast, it's a little bit tougher to do that, I think. So I kind of sit here and I find time to do it, you know. Uh, it's kind of gotten a little bit easier to be able to kind of do it. Like I've been able to have Zelda. She's my new dog. Her name's Zelda. Every time I say her name, she looks at me. She's super cute. But every time, you know, I get behind the mic recently, I have her to look forward to, you know, kind of looking, staring back at me. And it's really cool because it, it feels like, you know, there's somebody in the room I'm kind of talking to. She has no idea what a game is, more or less like a video game, but it's kind of cool. So so anyway, we're going to go ahead and discuss my top five uh, indie games, um, some of just my favorites. And i got a burp really bad that I can't, and it's like super distracting. What's been new with me? Uh, before we talk about my video games and all that shit, uh, let's see, so... <coughs> breathe away from the mic uh oh right so as you guys know you know i started working at a mobile game studio out in dallas and i've been there for i think kind of about four months now 
Um, I'm really, really enjoying it. We just recently got a social media person, so we're going to be kind of, you know, a little bit more active, I guess. I'm going to be sharing a lot of the stuff we do now. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're a mobile game studio. We, uh, we made, you know, games from uh, Wordscapes to, you know, games like uh, Wordscape Search and Blockscapes and stuff like that, you know. Um, definitely mobile you know mobile game oriented and it's been a, it's been a blast and a half you know i work as a uh, mobile game qa analyst and uh work with a really cool team and you know for a long time i've been wanting to get into you know the video game industry and work there and work in the industry professionally and you know three four months ago you know my dream came true and i'm in the culture now so you know it's a lot easier to also kind of do this podcast it keeps me the job kind of keeps me busy you know I'm, outside of hours kind of but it's kind of fun to just you know be surrounded by games you know I, I love it I really do I really do uh it's kind of cool not having like what's it called it's kind of cool not having the pressure of trying to get into a job I love each night you know I feel very at peace I guess I've been talking about five minutes oh I quit I fully quit smoking by the way um so, like, my mood has completely changed. Uh, I'm going to go into that for another minute. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I'm going to do it. So, I have technically been on a constant drip of nicotine in some form or fashion since I was about 16, 17 years old. I started smoking in the creek behind one of my ex-girlfriend's houses, I guess, and haven't really stopped. Now, I say I haven't stopped, right? When I was, like, 22, 28 now, for context, when I was 22... I started smoking cigarettes. Or no, wait. Whoa. I quit smoking cigarettes and started vaping. Boy, howdy, did I did I vape. Anyway, listen. It's it's the same shit. Like, I don't know. I just... You go from one nicotine delivery device to the other. So, if you believe the hype and you think, hey, I'm going to quit smoking and start vaping. Dude, it's like literally saying, I'm going to quit video games. I'm going to start playing Xbox instead of PlayStation. It's the same content delivery method now onto the show we're gonna go ahead and talk about my top five indie games not of the generation of all time so that being said i hope you enjoy zelda you ready all right baby let's get it all righty let's go ahead and just jump right on into it uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, talk to you guys about my top five indie games. Um, some of them you may know, may not know. There's a good chance that you probably know most of them. I, I, I There were some obscure ones I wanted to leave out that I didn't really, I could talk about, but I don't really think anybody would really have played it that I personally kind of liked. They're kind of old. But instead, I kind of chose five that I think everybody has some a, a vague familiarity with most of them, if not all of them. Um, so that being said, you know, I, I, I work for a indie game studio. Um, so I really, you know, kind of like talking about this um, one of well, actually, um, my direct manager actually is such a fan of indie games that it kind of inspired me to do this episode. So I just wanted to. Um, really excited about you know talking about these games. So number five is a recent one, but one that I think definitely deserves some mentioning on my show, and that is Bloodstained 
ritual of the night. Now, if you are a listener of my show, you will know that I am a pretty big Castlevania fan. So, full context, you know, this past week, I just recently wrapped up um, Castlevania Mirror Fate HD Edition or whatever it was on Xbox 360. It was free, uh, you know, you with Microsoft's games with gold program. And, you know, I played it, picked it up, played through it. Uh, discovered that it's a much better 3DS game than Xbox 360 game on a 16-inch TV. But that aside, um, you know, I love the Castlevania formula. Uh, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night is essentially Symphony of the Night. Um, you know, from the, you know, from PlayStation one and i don't know there was just something really cool about blessings not only like story but like the i guess the attention to indie detail that the game was chock full of like story aside you know it's kind of your generic rpg story but you know all of that aside like that game had some pretty cool like throwbacks and nods like the you know, there's a weapon in, in Bloodstain that is a direct comparison to the Chrysagrim, which is the overpowered, you know, fast as hell sword in, in Symphony of the Night. Um, you know, there is such energy, I think, in the game. I think it, it looks like there was a lot of love poured into the game. You can even tell, too, in the slight ways, right, that um, in the, uh, I think, in the special menu, it's literally, you know, there's a there's a voice recording section that's literally just voice clips of David Hayter doing stuff that the indie team probably, or that the development team probably thought was entertaining, you know? Little bits and pieces like that. Um, I don't know, the games, you know, the game was just kind of had a really interesting uh, cyclical, you know, progressive nature to it, and I really like that. It was, you know, I mean, it was just Symphony of the Night, and... That was such a good thing when I played it, you know, back on uh, Game Pass that I definitely had to chalk it up to my number five. Uh, that and I got to give the soundtrack to that game uh, a hell of a, a recommendation. That that soundtrack is awesome. Like those those tunes are super addictive. And I think it's not available on Spotify, but it's on YouTube. Definitely give that a look like it's like as good as the rivals of aether soundtrack it's that it's that classic it's cool it's cool definitely check it out all right moving on uh number four is bastion a game that i had the pleasure of playing i think about four times uh number four being bastion it shouldn't really be a surprise to anybody that's talked to me about indie games ever that game was i think correct me if i'm wrong i think that game came out in either 2011 or 10 i played on ipad I played it on PS3 or 4, one of those, I forget which. Uh, definitely an Xbox platform. I don't know. I love that game. It's it's really fun. The progressive, uh, again, you know, I, I just kind of love how that game progresses. And, uh, like, the hub world is really cool. And, like, the narrator, you know, I think that game got a lot of, like, positive praise because of the narrator. The story was very interesting. The way that you get the kid gets overpowered, you know, by the end of the game is something that I always looked forward to doing that. You know, I think uh, I, I started playthroughs of that game just so I could watch and feel how my how the kid gets so like really strong at the end. And I don't know, it was, it was really cool. It was kind of like, I don't know, I think it, it inspired a lot. And I think for that, it deserves number four. Number three is Hyper Light Drifter. 
Hyperlight Drifter is obviously awesome because it had a very cool like art style. Its music was really interesting. Its story was kind of Shadow of the Colossus, you know, it's kind of vague and like kind of interesting. Like what happened here? It's like this super weird like after future, you know, sort of thing and like the main character was really cool because you know he had a cloak and a sword and I don't know it was just it was just one of those cool things it, it was like it was like anime 2D top down just like super precise combat and there was a rhythm to it too that I think made me not only go through the game like twice but like the I think just the aesthetic of the game is just is just so damn cool like you have to love that like the way it just looks. I think the, the that that 80s vibe to it I guess not 80s vibe I guess but like like an NES game on steroids I think I don't know I think that game has such a tremendous atmosphere you know that I just really enjoyed I really enjoyed going through it so where are we at number five was Bloodstained Ritual of the Night number four was Bastion number three was Hyperlight Drifter all of these very combat heavy um, four out of the five were actually quite combat heavy number two uh, carries the trend uh, because it is Shovel Knight, the original Shovel Knight. I only played it once, and I'm okay with that. I played it all the way through, 100%ed it on 3DS, on my teal baby 3DS that I very, very so much miss. Not sure what happened to it. It was a long time ago, but I always, I always throw Shovel Knight out there because how, just how perfectly I think it played. Um, that game, the, the 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 thumb to reaction ratio was so precise and clean, and like it felt so crunchy and good. You know, the, like the digging aspects of the game felt awesome. Like the just the collection meta game of it all felt really felt really nice. The cheekiness of the bosses, the personality of the game, the love story the aesthetic the i don't know it was just it's such a it's definitely one of the best portable games that you can you could pick up and play um i i i should definitely kind of hop on the shovel knight train that's kind of leaving the station on on nintendo switch with king of cards and uh specter knight blah 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 you know there's a lot of stuff that came after that i don't think i ever hopped back on but i think the experience of playing shovel knight on 3DS was so akin to when I played 2DS games on the Sega Genesis that I just, you know, it's one of those things that uh, you know, you gotta mention. It was just so, I basically, I was probably, f how old was I? I was probably 20-ish, maybe? No, no, that game didn't come out that long ago. Anyway, I was probably in like my early to mid 20s and it felt like I was eight years old again, just like propped up on the couch, playing either, what was it, my Sega? Uh, well, honestly, yeah, I had the Sega Game Gear and, uh, I get it felt a lot like playing like Game Boy Advance SP, you know, just like it felt like playing Golden Sun again, you know, just portable goodness. And it wasn't that long, it's not a super long game, I don't think. Shovel Knight, it's maybe like eight hours, if that. You can 100% it pretty quickly. And I think that game does a really good job of balancing uh, difficulty, collection, personality, the music again. Like, I think three of the games I've mentioned so far so far the fourth one the fourth game no I'm sorry the fifth game I'm gonna mention has like my favorite soundtrack on it but like these all of these games like there's something there's some there's some musical sauce in the indie game development scene because like 
Damn, these soundtracks are so good, y'all. I gotta tell you, Shovel Knights is really cool. Uh, just kind of on a very, it's very catchy. It's not very good for like in the car listening, you know, driving, blah, 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 or showing like people, right? It's very cool just for like kind of like concentrating and like, cause it's very, it's very chiptune right? So take that with a grain of salt. Um, it, it doesn't have, I mean, I don't know. It's very, it has a chiptune sound set. So it doesn't have the, you know, Bastion of the Hyperlight Drifter, like ARPs and stuff like that, and like the synths that really carry it emotionally so that you can maybe listen to it in the car or something like outside the context of like an 8-bit game. Woo! That was, that was a breath, I'm telling you. All right, so number five was Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Number four was Bastion. Number three was Hyperlight Drifter. Number two was Shovel Knight. Number one is... Well, if you didn't know from the opening tune, my number one indie game is Thomas Was Alone. There's so many reasons, too. Thomas Was Alone, it's, 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 this, it's this pure spark of genius from Mike Bithell. And I don't know what was going on in his head at the time, but being able to get such personality into just blocks is so commendable and cool from a game design perspective right it was one of the first original quintessential like indie games it was i think 2011 um i i i, I think i found it randomly on playstation 4 and i beat it all the way through and um you know, it was just it was just one of those really cool like special games where it wasn't very long, but there was so much personality and it was a platformer. It was a side-scrolling platformer that it there was a story that was told by Mike Bithell and and it had this emotional gravity to it that by the end of the game, like even though they were just like blocks of different sizes and shapes and genders and 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 colors and like dark personalities and not you know nice personalities and and there was just this like band of characters without faces that you were controlling and the music was so emotional and, and and perfectly orchestrated to what was happening you know at the time or like what you were doing on screen and it's it's just this like super parsable experience that I think is worth everybody's time energy because of the effort and the emotional like I guess staccato of the characters and how they work in conjunction with each other is is something that I don't really see too much in games nowadays. It was like the emotional blocky Power Rangers, I guess. And it was about AI. And it was about the necessity of emotion and human personality in a world of robotics and engineering. And it was told in this like really cool way. And I don't know, I think it's one of those games that special and, and, and interesting and it was just it came you can tell it was just created from the heart you know i don't know if bithel himself you know he, he went on after thomas was alone to make cool games like quarantine circular and um you know john wick hex and i just i just think it's definitely a game to watch so that's my number one thomas was alone Alrighty. so to wrap it up 
The official scorecard goes, number five, Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. Number four is Bastion. Number three was Hyperlight Drifter. Number two was Shovel Knight. And number one was Mike Bithel's Thomas Was Alone. All right. What do you think, Zelda? She's asleep. That's fine. Moving on. So uh, that was the show. That was my top five indie games ever. All right. So just to wrap up, I got a little bit of news. Wanted to touch on a couple things, some going-ons with me, some self-promo. So this is an 8-bit podcast production. Um, That being said, head on over to 8bit.net for all of your gaming news. And check out our Patreon for more information on the news and the shows and the cool stuff we do. And uh, that being said, I probably have an 8-bit cast episode coming out that I'm going to be hosting um that's gonna be really cool um let's see what else um okay so kind of a big thing um for the 65 of you that subscribe to this show uh eldar talks games semicolon industry or i guess colon industry is a uh kind of a throwback show that uh you're gonna be seeing um it's a side show that i am doing uh basically for the uh, uh, I think first five or six episodes of LR Talks Games was a narrative kind of educational form show that wasn't very personality based. It was more very like you know here's some facts about this like game su- subject. You know I covered Insomniac, Capcom, um, Nintendo. You know the history of Nintendo. It was really cool. It was like thirty minutes, just super educational. I'm bringing that back in the form of LR Talks Games industry. Stay tuned for that. I'm also doing a side podcast. Uh, it's an Eldar Talks Games seasonal video game exclusive show. It's going to be four episodes. Not going to say what game it's about yet. We're going to be doing that. It's going to be a thing. Um, so stay tuned for more information on that. Um, what else? Oh, so yeah. Back in July of last year, I wrote a book called Echoes of the Holograph. Uh, it's a short story compilation um, that kind of touches on AI, superheroes, sadness, uh, there's even some like inspirations from like Silent Hill for the room. It's really, it's pretty interesting. It's about hundred pages. Definitely go check it out. It's a novella. Um, I went to California and talked to Colin Moriarty of XIGN kind of funny fame. And I was on episode 114 of fireside chats down in lovely Santa Monica. So you can definitely go check that out. Uh, big fan of Colin Moriarty. Uh, what else? Oh, early on. Um, I just wanted to kind of remind people I was rereading, um, the uh, console wars book and just kind of wanted to remind people that i interviewed mr blake j harris uh author of console wars uh back uh, i think about maybe like seven eight months ago now so definitely go check that out that is actually on the catalog for any eldar talks games main uh podcast feed so definitely go check out my blake j harris interview where we talked about console wars the battle versus nintendo sega you know so that's it uh, this has been another uh, LR Talks Games production. Thank you for letting me talk to your ear holes. Um, I hope that traffic wasn't too bad. Uh, I hope when you get home, you make something nice, cook yourself a little something nice. Um, and I guess we'll see you uh, next month or in the next few weeks whenever I decide to talk about something else that's very personal to me about video games. Um, I'm going to keep on not smoking, and I haven't smoked in a while and i'm not even thinking about it and it's cool so that being said i'll see you next month keep playing them games and welcome to the club see ya